Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. If you're doing life by yourself, you will never ever, ever be successful in life. Oh, Pastor Mike, I got a lot of money. I'm talking about spiritual. I'm talking about eternal. If you're doing life without God, it will never work. It will come apart. What are you going to have? Confusion, lack of peace. If you know about God, at least you'll be convicted that it isn't working. Number two, there's going to be pain for you. For whatever reason, celebrities' lives are on display, constantly, it seems. You hear about their successes and sometimes their failures. You're led to believe that their lifestyle is the kind that everyone should want to live. And yet there are the failed attempts at sobriety, run-ins with the law, and continual failures in their personal relationships. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the source for true peace and happiness. You'll learn why honesty is the best policy and the benefits that aligning your living with God's ways are. You'll be finding out how to live life in a way that makes God look good. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 4, as he continues with his series called Come Apart or Come A-P-A-R-T. After teaching the first session, I got an email from somebody. I like the email, so I emailed her back. I said, do you mind if I use a little of this? You don't know the, the lady, obviously. And she said, absolutely. So let me just read it to you. And it's about the, the series that we've just started. Pastor Mark, I was so happy to see the repeat of this awesome series. In my hand now are the notes handwritten by me from 2008. She went through this series. Remember, I told you I did this series 11 years ago. And she was there. And of course, I've revamped it totally this time. She says, in 2008, I was a newer Christ follower at that time. But I do remember the chairs on the stage and how much I learned from the series that you did. I would go into my quiet place turn my husband's computer chair to face me and felt God sitting in that chair. And the habit, I like that word, the habit still happens, and I'm stronger in my faith today than I've ever been. Without coming apart, I never would have the peace, the joy that I'm blessed with today. Yes, like all Christ followers, I've had a lot of difficult times. One of those that her husband just in the last year or two passed, so there was the empty chair that was God. I have some difficult times, but God's helped me through it. But meeting with God on a regular basis has changed my life forever. I'm still learning every day. Thank you for all you do. 
Amen. Now, the reason I read that, it's not about me, it's about you. Understanding the significance of this series, that if you will get serious, here she is 11 years later, still having her quiet time with God. That's powerful. It's changed her life. Now, I'm, some of you were not here, so I'm doing a really, really, really quick. Just turn to Amber and say quick. Come on, quick. You weren't here, so I'm doing a little summary. Here we go. Here's how it starts. Jeremiah 10, 23. I know, O Lord, that a man's life is not his own. It is not for man to direct his steps. The first thing you need to understand is this. No person can do life right apart from God and his word. You and I were not designed to do life alone, ever. It shows itself at the beginning. Now, these chairs that you see there, in the beginning, come on, who? God. So here's God. In the beginning, again, God. The next thing he does, he creates Adam and Eve. This is you, a man, a woman, husband, a wife, whatever. This is you, an individual. That's the relationship. Here's God. Here's man. That's the way life is designed. How are you doing with that way? You see, when you see that, that gives us key number one. God created us to really know him, not just about him. Millions of people in our world say, well, I know about God. Man, I remember that way back when I was in Sunday school. I know about God. Knowing about God is not the same thing as knowing God. It's very, you know, Satan knows about God. You think he's going to sit there and get wisdom from God? Maybe not. Obviously not. So you have to understand, if I'm really going to know God, I have to do two things. I have to spend time with God. You say, oh, Pastor Mark, I'm here. Good. This is not individual. You have to spend individual time with God. Maybe 15 minutes, five days a week, something like that. Now, the second thing is, not only do I have to spend time with God, when I sit there, am I going to listen? How much will I know God unless I communicate with him? I have to talk with him and he has to talk to me. When you get married, if you don't speak to your wife, you're not married anymore. It's gone. It's over. If you don't spend time with your wife, you're not married anymore. You see, those two things, knowing and communicating, are absolutely, absolutely requirements. Now, let's try this. If I move God out of my life, here's what's happened. When we choose to disobey God and go our own way, my life begins to come apart. If you're doing life by yourself, you will never, ever, ever be successful in life. Oh, Pastor Mike, I got a lot of money. I'm talking about spiritual. I'm talking about eternal. If you're doing life without God, it will never work. It will come apart. What are you going to have? Confusion, lack of peace. If you know about God, at least, you'll be convicted that it isn't working. Number two, there's going to be pain for you. This is the big one. You'll get down in a certain part of life and go, man, I, what was wrong with me? I regret this. It's going to happen. Guaranteed. Because that's not the way you do life. And last, you will experience God's discipline. Now, why does God discipline? The Bible says 
God disciplines his children because he loves them. He's trying to get your attention. Some of you here used to walk with God. You don't walk with God anymore, but you found your way back in church. Good to have you. It's time to come home. It's time to bring God back into the understanding, the focus of your life. It's time to come back. Some of you have never had a relationship with God. Today's your day. Come on home. Get saved and start doing life with God. Now, when you read the Old Testament, they communicated with God in many ways. But the major way, very few people in the Old Testament, God spoke audibly to them. Not a lot. Adam and Eve, of course, it started with. And we see other people you'll see today. Abraham, God speaks. We don't really know what that looks like or how that sounded. But he would give just a few all through those years. Just a few people he would speak audibly. Now, they would get direction. They would get the will of God. But when we come to the New Testament, it's very different. And I'll show you one way that God speaks to us today. But very rarely will anyone ever hear God speak to you in an audible way. It just doesn't happen. So here's what you need to understand. When you and I are going to talk to God and God's going to talk to us, it's going to happen because of this. Look at this statement. God speaks primarily through the written word of God. That's the way he speaks. So if you're going to have a quiet time with God, maybe 15 minutes in the morning or after the kids go to school or in the evening you work a different shift or whatever, it doesn't matter. If you're going to do that, you can't just sit there like this. Okay, God, speak to me. What are you expecting to hear? You need your Bible with you. Because when you open your Bible, God opens his mouth. So you can't just sit there and wait, God, speak to me. This is where he speaks to us. This is the mind of God. How to do life. That's why we teach the word of God. Because that's the important part in all of our lives. Now, that brings me to number two key. God wants us to know his will. How to do life together. You want to know what God thinks? Open your Bible. That's exactly what he thinks. Now, as you're taking that time with your Bible over here, and you're opening the Bible, when you're doing that, Something else has to happen. Look at this verse. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. So there has to be some intimacy. There has to be some quietness. There has to be a time when you're coming to God. Now, let me give you a really quick understanding of Abraham. God came to Abraham sovereignly, and Abraham was a pagan. He had always been raised a pagan. And there was no nation of God servers. He didn't know anything about God. He'd worship dead idols. He never heard an idol talk to him. His parents are that way. His whole family was that way. But God came to him one day and introduced himself. I'm God. And he began to talk with him. I, I don't know whether Abram did that standing up or he was fall down on the floor. Somebody's talking to me. And all of a sudden, he just said this to Abram. Abram. I want to do life with you. And I'm going to use you and your wife to establish a nation called Israel, the people of God. And from you and your wife, now they're older. This is like a miracle. You remember they eventually were 190 when they had a child. I'm going to use you through that line of the Jewish people, the nation of Israel, will come the Messiah. 
that will solve the problem of man's sin. Well, he said, here's what I want you to do, Abram. I want you to leave everything here, take some of these family members, and go to a land I'm going to show you. Now, he didn't tell him where. He just said, go. And so Abram obeyed, followed God, began a habit of making obedience part of his life. Now, when he got to the land, Israel, back in those days, the promised land, first thing he did was he built an altar. Now, he was kind of used to an altar, but he built an altar of stone, and he got down and worshipped the one true God, somebody that could respond back to him. And that was the first time in his whole life he ever did that kind of thing, because let's say this is an idol. How's that idol going to... What do you think there, idol? What do you think? Well, you got some news for me today? No, there was no way to do it. So he understood what worship was, to make God worthy, and he was blessing him. That brings up key number three. Understand, who made the first move between Abram and God? God did. He made the first move. So... When God begins to speak to us in our quiet time or during the day, when he does that, I have to respond. So these are all the things you and I have to do because God's already decided he'd be there for us. Notice, knowing God and his will has some requirements for you, has some requirements for me. I have to desire it. If you don't want God's will, he will never meet with you. Why would he speak to you? Waste of time. So you have to say, God, I need your will. Number two, it's going to require some discipline. We don't like the D word, but discipline is necessary. It means that it eventually comes a habit. Number three, dependence. You have to realize that you and I were made dependent on God. Well, Pastor Mark, I don't like that. That's your problem. (laughs) I'm dependent on God. He's all-knowing God. So number four. The most important thing, there's three things that are important in life. God, people, and the use of our time. You have to spend time with God. Now, we're spending time here. That's great. Thank you. But there's some quiet time you need alone with God. And that means the next word, solitude. See, if I'm going to talk with God and have a quiet devotion, 15 minutes, and I'll tell you how to do that. If I'm going to do that and get alone, and listen to God speak to me, and read the word, and kind of learn. If I have four grandchildren with me, how much are you going to hear God? Hello? It ain't happening. Here we go. So you going to have your television on while you're doing this? No, it isn't going to work. So there has to be what? Some solitude. Then after we hear God, here's the big thing for you and me. Am I going to obey or not obey? That's it. And it's going to require, because God's going to tell you to do some things that's going to require steps of faith. This is what Abraham, leave your family, I mean most of your family, leave your whole place where you've been living all your life, and go to a land, oh, by the way, I'll tell you when you get there. Hello? That's faith and prayer. Now, understand that Satan hates God speaking to us, because he knows God has direction for us. Now, there's something, a sickness You know, I was in the medical field for many, many years. I never heard this, but it's a great sickness. It's called hurry sickness. Hurry sickness. Anybody ever in a hurry? Well, when you stop on Minton down here and 192 in the light, 
Have you ever said, as you sat there, will the light ever turn green? What's the deal? Why are they going first? Ever been there? Yeah. You're in the market at Aldi or Publix or wherever you're. You're shopping. And you look. There's only one person ahead of you. Woo! Fantastic. And then you're waiting. And the people are going through the other lines like crazy. And here's the lady. And she can't find her coupons in that dark hole that looks like hell down there. (laughs) And, of course, behind that, I'm just saying, praise the Lord. I'm at peace. I don't think so. It's called hurry sickness. Anybody here have a little bit of hurry sickness? Yeah. Hurry sickness is a very difficult thing in our life. Because it attacks our solitude, our alone time with God. See, you can't be in a hurry. We're not talking about an hour devotion. But if you're always, okay, God, you got five minutes to speak to me. Otherwise, I got too many things happening. Well, it's not going to work. You understand it's an enemy of our spiritual life. We are easily distracted. We're easily disorganized. Have you ever sat down somewhere and you want to have your devotion and all of a sudden five things come flying through your mind? I got an 8.30 meeting. Oh, I forgot to tell my wife to do this and the kids over here. How many know exactly what I'm talking to? Well, that's that hurry sickness. It's just coming through over and over and over again. And if I'm not careful, it will be like this. I'm actually here, but I'm not here. You understand what I'm saying? God's waiting for me. And I'm kind of in the chair, but I'm not in the chair. Well, I'll never hear from God because I have to be all there. There has to be quietness. Remember, here's a verse, Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. We have to calm our mind to be able to hear God speak to us. Now, being that person that's always in a hurry is different than being busy. Jesus was always busy, but he was never in a hurry. He took time to listen to God all the time. Remember what Jesus said? I never do anything except what the Father tells me to do. Now, that requires solitude. That requires being quiet. Now, if I can't be quiet, I'll have a danger of doing something. I will, instead of listening to God, I'll get ahead of God. I'll make my own decision because I didn't really hear him. I didn't give him time to speak to me. I'll just go ahead and make my own decision. Here's what I want to show you. You can't go faster than the one who's leading you. Notice this statement. If you want to follow Jesus, we have to follow Jesus. You can't get ahead of him. That's exactly what Satan wants you to do. Get your mind roaring through all kinds of things. And when you get done with your devotion time, you go, what in the world is that? And off you go. That's the way we are. Now, you're going to see today that Abram gets ahead of God. And when we get ahead of God and we're leading God, we're in trouble because life is going to fall apart. Look at Genesis chapter 12, all of you in your Bibles. Genesis chapter 12. Scoot on down to verse 10. Here's where we are. Now, remember, Abram's living in Israel. We would call it the promised land in those days. Now, there was a famine... In the land, Genesis 12, 10. And Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. 
God allowed this famine for one reason, to test the faith of Abram. Would Abram wait for God to give him instructions? Remember, Abram's new believer is all new to him. He doesn't have a Bible to turn to. He has to wait on God or just do life himself. Well, we find, you'll see this in a moment, Abram decides in a hurry simply to do life without consulting God. He's not going to wait. He knows the danger of this famine. So he reverts back to the way he used to live with his own human wisdom. And he decides to take his family to Egypt. There they go. He doesn't believe in his heart that God can provide in this place. So he's just going to go ahead to Egypt. So here's what you see. Abram moves ahead of God. He is now leading the situation. But hurry sickness is not our only issue. Here it is. Pride causes us to be overconfident thinking that we have the answer. Basically, what Abram's saying is this. There's a famine. I know to handle the famine. Egypt's got food. I don't need anybody's wisdom. I know exactly what to do. And we have to remember that's not the way we do life. We do life only with God giving us that direction. Now, don't be foolish with this. You get up for work, you got a big meeting with the boss, talking about a raise or whatever, and you say, oh, Pastor Mark, do I sit down with God and pray what tie I should wear this morning? Should it be that red one that shows me I'm really good or whatever? No, that's why you have a wife. <laughs> God is not interested in a red or blue tie. Your wife is the one that's interested. That's why you got married, so she can tell you how to do it right. Now... Come on, ladies, can I hear an amen somewhere? Okay, that's good. My wife dressed me this morning. Okay, here we go. Now, when you see that, all of a sudden, here's what's going to happen. If I'm prideful or if I'm in a hurry, life's indeed going to come apart. There's going to be a problem. Now, watch what happens. True story in the Bible, Genesis verse 11. As he was about to enter Egypt, Abram said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but let you live. Now you can already see, who is Abram thinking about? Yeah, he's not thinking about her. He's thinking about, oh, me, 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 me. Now, Here's the solution. Say you are my sister so that I will be treated well. I don't really care what happens to you. For your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. There it is, very plain. It's all about him. Today, Pastor Mark taught about seeking God's advice about how to live your life. He told you that you weren't intended to live life taking only your own advice. You learn that God is always ready and willing to help you navigate your life. You just need to seek His help. You also found out about hurry sickness and how it can keep you from having a more fulfilling relationship with God and a better life. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Come Apart, or Come A-P-A-R-T. You'll learn more about Abram's story and his journey to faith in God. You'll hear about a time when he didn't ask God's advice, how God had to save him from potential disaster. This will be really beneficial for you to hear. It might help save you from messing up your own life. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time. As Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Come Apart or Come A-P-A-R-T. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.